Welcome to How Now, the podcast where we talk about how to live in the now. And here's your host, Kim Martin Raymond. Peace and blessings, love and light, and welcome to this edition of the How Now podcast, where we talk about how to live in the now. I am your host, Kim Martin Raymond. I am a minister, spiritual life coach, author, and founder of Redefining You LLC, where I help my clients to realign themselves, mind, body, and spirit. This is a special edition of How Now because we'll be talking about how I'm living in the now. I have been blessed to have this podcast since December 2nd of 2020 amidst a pandemic, a world pandemic. And I just want to take some time to check in to let you know how I'm living in it now. So I want to start off first by saying thank you to all of my supporters, my listeners, those who have been following the different shows that we've had, those who have made comments, those who have reached out to connect with me. I appreciate all that you have done. I appreciate my guests who have been so gracious in being a part of this wonderful platform. And I started this platform in the middle of the pandemic because there were a lot of people friends of mine, clients who were saying, you know, Kim, you know, we're we're in this middle of this pandemic. What are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to navigate in this space? And it became a question that, you know, I had to take to heart myself. What is it that we're doing? We know what has happened, but we don't know how to navigate in that space. So it wasn't a what now, it was a how now. Hence the name How Now, and that's how I came up with it. And I really wanted it to be a space where we can help people to cope. And COPE is an acronym for Create Our Peaceful Existence. And that was developed by one of my former guests and my dear friend, Sharonda Barksdale. And it's just taken me to a space of how, how do we move when conflict affects us? And when I think about conflict, I think about, okay, what, what is the first reaction that we have? We have fear. We have fear of the unknown. We don't know what's happening. We don't know what's going on. We're unsure of what the results will be. And that's kind of what happened during this pandemic. And then we have a space when we talk about conflict of being able to learn and educate ourselves. And in this instance, you know, we went to the CDC, we went to the, you know, the World Health Organization, we went to other entities to help figure out, you know, how are, you know, what are the things that we needed to do? What are the guidelines? What are some of the things that we needed to do to be able to manage in this space of pandemic? And then finally, we have a space of, you know, education and of growth where we've learned from the things that we've experienced or that we've, you know, we've learned how to manage and then we've reached back and helped others. And that's something that's important when we're talking about going through a crisis. How do we get through the fear? How do we get through the the stages of educating and learning more about the situation so that we can reach back and help others, that we can get to a space 
of growing and getting to a space of being able to, to better navigate in those crisis situations once they get to a place where they lapse. And so that was something that was important that I kept in mind that that became foundational in creating this How Now podcast. Being able to create that platform again to create our peaceful existence. And for me, it was a challenging time. You know, I, um, you know, career-wise, I had just started in a new position two weeks prior to the pandemic. And it was, to say the least, it was difficult. It was difficult to be able to figure out what it was that I was supposed to do. Was my family going to be safe? You know, I am blessed to have a beautiful daughter and a granddaughter who um, live with me, my husband and I, and it was a challenge. How are we going to, again, navigate in this space, in this new career that, that required me to train others? And how was I going to be able to you know, do that and, and, you know, technology wise, how are we going to do this? Was this going to be webinars? I didn't know too much about Zoom, like, any, like everybody else. It was going to be a learning curve, you know, but not only was it a challenging time, you know, for me with my work, you know, I was going through some, you know, spiritual changes too. I was going through a wellness journey. I was going through a spiritual journey. So all of these things were affected when um, I decided to start this show because I said, you know, not only will I be helping others, but I'll also be helping myself. And that's important. And so, you know, before I move on to, you know, getting into more of what was happening during that time of pandemic, let me step back just a little bit further because there were many things that were going on again prior to the pandemic, but that were critical in some of the decisions and life changes that took place as a result of the pandemic. So I'm originally from Queens, New York, and I moved to Atlanta 25 years ago. And, um, you know, as a young girl, moved here with my family. I had my two daughters at the time and uh, purchased a home 13 months after I moved here and um, a home that I'm still in 24 years later. And um, things were going pretty good. I was working uh, for one of the local school systems. I have a background in special education. And so things were going well. I had my you know picket fence, had my, my home, uh, was making some transitions from New York into being able to be in a space that was, you know, pretty much bubbling at the time. Atlanta was popping at the time. There were a lot of uh, opportunities to purchase real estate. It was right after the Olympics, so all eyes were on Atlanta, and so it was a great place to be. I had never experienced in my life a place where I saw so many melanated people, people who looked like me that were on the news, that were newscasters, that were in positions of power. I had never experienced that. So it was wonderful to come down and be a part of that experience and to finally, you know, be able to hold my own. You know, real estate in New York was very expensive. And so 
you know, I, I didn't see as many opportunities there as I saw in Atlanta. I had family who uh, lived here in, in Atlanta or lived in Georgia. And so it was a good place for me to, to start to do some things on my own. And so moving here, things were going fine. I was working. I had found a, a church home. And it was just a, a wonderful season. It was a season of transition, but it was a good season of transition. I needed to establish some things on my own, independent of my, you know, my parents. And so it was wonderful to be able to come down and to do that. And so, as I said, things were going well. And then we fast forward to 2009, where tragedy struck me and my family. Um, as I've said in the past, and um, many who know my story know that um, I lost my youngest daughter, uh, Kathleen. Uh, she was almost 17 years old. She had a brain aneurysm and she passed in her sleep. And I lost my youngest daughter. And it was a challenging time for us. You know, my daughter was, my oldest daughter, Christine, was uh, finishing college and she was moving back to New York to help my parents to assist with um, a business that they had and also to assist with taking care of my maternal grandmother who had uh, become ill. And so she had moved back up to New York after graduating from college with her degree in video game design and development. So I was excited for the journey that she was going to be on. But um, I was also going through my third divorce. Yes, I said it, third. <laughs> so was going through my third divorce and that was a challenging time as well. So when my daughter passed, I went from having a house full, being, you know, a mom, being a worker bee, being a wife, to now living by myself for the first time ever. I had never lived alone. I had my oldest daughter. I was still at home with my parents and had gotten married and moved out and then had my second daughter. And so, you know, I had always had someone with me. So this was a pivotal time in my life back in 2009 because like I said, I, I no longer had my children with me and I was divorcing my spouse. So it was just me. And, and that was definitely a season. That was definitely life altering. It became a time where I determined who the toxic people were in my life, who those, you know, who were around me. I knew who was for me and who was against me. And that was a challenge in having to, to see, you know, when tragic times hit, who really is there for you? You know, so I had to really start looking at my circle and seeing who I was surrounding myself with and whether these people were going to be people who are going to help to encourage and to enlighten and to, to uplift me during this very challenging time of my life. And, you know, the very next year after my daughter passed, I was already in my master's program. So I was finishing up my master's program and got my MBA. And at the same time, I was turning a big 4-0. So 
was another life change for me because now I was like, okay, I'm 40 years old. What are some things that I'm doing? What are some things, you know, I started assessing my life. I really started looking at the things that were going on around me and saying, you know, what is it that I want? What is it that I'm looking for? But I think the hardest question to answer was uh, when one of my dear friends said, hey, you know, you, you know, your daughter is up in New York, you're divorced, so you're single again. You know, we're sorry for the loss of your daughter, but you know, now you're, you're free, you're by yourself. What are you gonna do? What do you like to do? And that was probably the hardest question <laughs> that I have ever been asked in my life because I couldn't answer it because I didn't know, or at least I had forgotten. That's a better way of saying it. I had forgotten. I was so busy being defined by the roles that I played that I never thought about who I was outside of those roles. And that's important to know when you're trying to establish your own personality, when you're trying to establish who you are and, and what your purpose is. Yes, they were very much a part of my why, but the bigger question was, why do I do what I do? Why do I believe what I do? Why is it important for me to have a better relationship with myself so that I can have an even deeper relationship with others? And that became a big part of my work. I started writing, I became an author and, started, and wrote a series of books and um, that that became an area where I started purging and started saying, okay, these are some of the things that are going on in my life. My first book uh, was called 30 Days of Inspiration and it was inspired by me creating a Facebook page and I would just put up little blurbs, little, little things that were talking about, uh, you know, just little life nuggets is what I called them. And a friend of mine said, hey, why don't you put those in a book? And I was like, nobody's going to want to read that. Well, lo and behold, I did it. I created a book. I self-published the book and it was used for a book club. And I remember, you know, people who were in the book club, I went to the meeting and they were like, oh, on page 35, you said X, Y, and Z. And I was just floored by the fact that anybody would even fathom reading anything that I had written. And, and that began that you know, began my journey in, in authorship. And you know, I wrote two subsequent quick books that went along with that. You know, I did 30 days of transition and 30 days of transformation. And those were things that I was going through in my personal life. And so those books are, are still out there. I wrote a book about um, you know, some poetry that I had written many years ago, and I got those things together and published those as well, and told a little bit of my story in a book that uh, I collaborated on with several other authors. And so that became the authorship piece of, of the things that I was doing. And there were so many things that were going on, and I noticed that I was not the only person that was going through these transitions in, in, in her life, in the older stages of my life. And so, you know, I realized that people were coming to me and I had someone to say, you know, have you ever thought about coaching? 
And I didn't even know what a coach was. I said, like basketball, like sports. I didn't know anything about coaching. And then they said, no, like Ayala Von Zant, you know, she does coaching. And I said, well, I'm not like her. Uh, she's a little abrasive to me. And that's what I thought at the time. I said, I, I don't think that that's who I am. And they're like, no, check into it. And so I began to research coaching and realized that that was something that I had been doing with friends of mine for years. And so I pursued getting my certification as a life coach. And, you know, fast forward to, to a little closer to the now, I, um, within the last three years, became a ordained minister. And I went through my studies there. And, you know, that's where more of the spiritual coaching came in, because it became a combination of how, you know, the things that we talked about in coaching, how did those things affect us on a spiritual level? You know, because there were some things that even in my personal life that were affected by my level of spirituality. And it has been a spiritual journey for me, a journey of exploration, because there were many things that I simply knew about religion that I learned from my Nana. You know, I just knew to go to church and love God. That's what I was taught. And then I had to learn that there are other things that you know, other religions that, you know, were worth at least exploring or at least, you know, researching and finding out about. And so I began to take a very intrinsic look at the things that were going on, you know, as far as, as other practices in spirituality as well as religion. And that became a bit of a journey for me as well. And so, you know, I continued to go on that journey and to discern what things were things that I was interested in practicing and things that, you know, not so much. And so that became a part of, of the spiritual aspect or the spiritual journey that I am on and continue to be on. And because I think that is beautiful when I think about spirituality and all the things that are are possible in all of the many ways in which we recognize source or a higher being or God and how we go about worshiping. You know, there are so many ways and so many different avenues. And it's just wonderful to be able to explore those things. So I'm sure that some of you who have been watching some of the shows may have even had an opportunity to see a little bit of that. And that's important for us to to be able to explore, you know? That's again, part of the platform of how now being able to talk about how people are creating their peaceful existence, how people are, are going about, you know, figuring some things out. So again, this pandemic put us in a space of having to really sit down and say, okay, I need to take a good hard look at myself. Why do I do the things that I do? Why do I react the way that I react? Why do I, you know, why do I believe what I believe? And, and that is so much a part of, of being able to be confident in who you are. And without that, that thought, without that, that desire to seek 
to, to learn as much as you can about the things that are going on around you. You know, there's, there's nothing better than establishing a relationship with yourself. And that's something that I've learned over the last couple of years. And uh, especially as I reached a milestone last year, I turned 50. And, you know, it's been a long time and many changes that have taken place in my life personally that has brought me to this space right now. And a lot of it has been soul searching. A lot of it has been been shadow work. A lot of it has been, you know, looking at those things that were hindering me in the past. What was it that was hindering me and why? I began to have that childlike experience that they talk about in the Bible, you know, to be as a child, you know, as a child, you used to ask why, you know, but in my coming up, in my upbringing, you know, we were always taught to do as you were told. And so I got a lot of that, a lot of just doing as I was told and not questioning what it was that I was told. But then you think about the millennials nowadays and they question everything. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with wanting to know why. Because sometimes our reactions to things are because we haven't been made aware of why we're being asked to do something or why something is the way it is. Why do we have to do that? Who says that we have to do that? And is that something that's going to be beneficial to us? So that became my journey. You know, I had always been overweight. So another aspect has been a wellness journey for me. And what can I do to respond to my body? As I've gotten older, my body has decided to do all kinds of things. <laughs> I wake up and wiggle my toes and make sure that when I step out of that bed, I don't hit the floor. So, you know, I really had to start looking at my, my physical health as well as my mental health and well-being, you know? And so, you know, I began a journey of investing in myself. What are some things that I can do to make sure that I'm taking care of myself physically, that I am taking care of myself mentally, and I'm taking care of myself emotionally? These things are important and they're ongoing, you know, even right now, you know? It's all about self-regulation and getting to a space of being able to say, you know what, this is, this is what's happening right now and how I react to it is going to determine what's going to happen moving forward. So everything that I do, I do a lot of talking to myself. I know there are a lot of other people out there who do the same thing. I do a lot of talking to myself because I have to talk myself through things. I have to talk through the steps of the things that I'm going to do. So, you know, I've started to become purposeful because I think that I had gotten to a space where I was just living or I was just existing, let me put it that way. I was just existing and not living. You know, I was just doing everything by rote. I became very robotic in everything that I did. You know, I know I just got up, brushed my teeth, took a shower, put on my clothes, went to work, came home. Blah, blah, it just became <laughs> robotic. But I wasn't living. 
I wasn't spending time with my family and my friends. I wasn't, you know, doing things for me. You know, everything had to be for the benefit of someone else. And it no longer became at the benefit of someone else so that it made me feel good. It became, I began to become vexed. Just to be honest, I became vexed with it. It became, you know, I was doing it, but it was at my expense because I didn't know how to say no. I wanted to please everyone. And I had to learn that the, you know, as a people pleaser, the person that I needed to please also included me. And so there, there have just been a lot of aha moments. There have been a lot of times where I've reverted back and had to catch myself and say, okay, girl, what are you doing? Why are we going back here? And what is going to be the benefit of going back here? So it's been a time of a lot of soul searching. It's been a time of a lot of, of trying to be a better me and, and, and what, that, what that process looks like and being able to find my voice because that's critical. You know, when, when you can't speak intelligibly about yourself, then how, how are you going to be able to articulate to people what it is that you need or what it is that you want? Okay, one thing that I do and that you may hear me do for almost all of my shows, I always say, and as is customary, you know, here at the How Now podcast, uh, I would like to have my guests introduce themselves at this time, because I think that it's important for people to be able to, to speak about who they are and how they want to be received by this world. And so that's why I will always ask my guests to introduce themselves because it's not for me to try to introduce them or to, you know, I can't do justice. <laughs> I can't do more justice than they can in introducing themselves and in letting people know who they are, you know? And these are some of the nuggets that I share with, with my clients. You know, who are you? How do you represent yourself? You are your own brand. And so how are you representing your brand? How are you representing who you are? How do you want to be seen? That's important. It's important for us to know who we are, you know? And I know that I am here to be a person who creates platforms and safe spaces for those to be able to talk about the things that are important to them and for them to be able to see themselves. Those safe spaces are important to me because I know that I needed that. And I know that the people around me, those who uh, require my services are looking for the same. And so it's a matter of aligning ourselves, being able to, to be mindful of all of the actions that are going on, what's happening right now? What's happening in this space? Am I absorbing everything that I'm supposed to absorb in this space, in this now? It's important for us to get to that level of understanding. And that has been, that has been a big part of my journey. So this show has been such a, a 
great part of the journey for me. I think that it's always going to be, you know, a part of my life and, and those who I have an opportunity to come into contact with because now changes. What is happening right now may not be the situation a week from now. But as I learn to navigate in these spaces, when I get into new nows, I'm going to know how to exist in that space. I'm going to learn, I mean, I'm going to know how to open my ears and my eyes so that I have a level of awareness. I have a, a thirst for being able to say, okay, what is it that I want to learn now? What is it that I want to do now? Where is it that I want to go now? You know, once we get to that space, we find a space of peace. You know, and this time of non-empathy is what I call it, because we're not seeing much empathy. We're not seeing much love for our brothers and sisters. But when we get to that space of, of saying that, you know, I, I want to be more, I want to do more. When we get there, then we can say, all right, how can I, how can I help? How can I, how can I change how things are happening? How can I finally get to a space where I'm saying, okay, I'm okay with me and I can help others. You know, I think that we're blessed to be able to have the technology, to have all of the things that are available to us that, that we can research and that we can learn and that we can grow and that we have this technology that is so vast that we can touch people in different parts of the world that otherwise we would have never been able to experience. We would have never been able to touch, but we have so many ways and so many means of being able to go beyond our own neighborhoods, beyond our own communities, to be able to reach a space of saying, you know, if there's something that I need, I know that I can find it. It may take a little digging, but I can find it. It's all about connections. Who are we connecting with? And I've been able to connect with some phenomenal people. And hopefully you'll have an opportunity to meet some of those people along the way. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the, you know, continuing in this platform, talking about this now and seeing how things change, but how we can change with them positively and that we don't resist, but that we embrace those things that are changing around us. It's important for us to get into that frame of mind. And so that's just a little bit about what's going on in my now, what's going on with the How Now podcast. And it is my prayer that I will continue in this effort, continue in creating this platform, continue in tapping into different lifestyles and different communities and different people and places and things and, and businesses all of those things, all those things are open and available. And it's just a matter of us tapping in.
So that is my hope for the How Now podcast, where we talk about how to live in the now. And I hope that you have gained a little bit more knowledge about me and and the backgrounds uh, you know, that I have in, in creating this show and in creating this space, and that you just continue to walk in this journey with me. And with this twists and turns, we'll see how it goes. But I'm just happy for the chance to be able to have your ear every week for an hour or less, knowing that in some way it's making a difference. The biggest thing that, you know, I want people to remember is that, you know, it's important for us to value others and to never discount others' feelings and to always pour from a point of overflow in our own lives. Because when we're depleted, when we're stressed, it's very difficult for us to be able to help others. So we want to be able to reach back and to uplift and to encourage. And the only way that we can do that is by pouring into ourselves. So I say, keep on loving you. Because in loving you, you create the momentum for you to be able to go out and to love others. So try always to, to do things that are going to help you to live in this present moment. Look around you, smell the roses. Spend time with those who you care about. Love on them with all your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul. Wrap your arms around someone. I know it's a time where pandemics are easing up and we're able to, to give that touch. Give that touch where you can. And even if it has to be a virtual hug for now, take the time to love on those around you. Take the time to live in this now. So that'll do it for this edition of the How Now podcast, where we talk about how to live in the now. And until I see you all the next time, I say peace.